أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد By Allah's fadl, this is the Mubarak 14th night of Ramadan that we have reached. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept uh, what has passed and forgive us for the shortcomings uh, in it and for the lack of attention and the lack of quality uh, for the shortcomings uh, in it which make it unworthy of presentation in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us uh, according to his generosity and not according to our uh, watered down uh, uh, our watered down deeds Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq alhamdulillah this was an interesting day I had a chance to address a number of gatherings uh, that consisted of I guess more regular types of people rather than those that I interact with uh, normally and it's always a good reminder of the great amount of uh, not just the challenges that the majority of the ummah faces that they need assistance in and help uh, to get through but also on top of that uh, or along with it juxtaposed with it is it reminded me of the great khair that the rank and file uh, people of this ummah have I also was uh, given the blessing of being able to being able to uh, raise money for Islamic relief uh, again as a volunteer uh, I uh, people may know that I worked for them for some time and uh, I, there was an opportunity I was asked by the local representative to maybe say a good word in order to bag some orphan sponsorships and uh, uh, alhamdulillah mashallah it was good to do it again it's good to help it's good to help those people in need and uh, Allah knows you know like why I'm saying it it's not for Riyadh to, to show off or whatever um, but it's just to spread the word because there are a lot of people in this ummah that are in need whether they be overseas or whether they be here, whether they be elderly or whether they be uh, young or whether they be the sick or weak or people who are maybe in the prime of their life and doing okay, but they just need help to get to the next level. Uh, there are so many people who need help and human beings are an investment and human beings are the treasure of this ummah that every heart that has la ilaha illallah in it is worth more uh, than all the material treasures uh, of this world. Allah Ta'ala created a jannah the smallest maqam of which is greater than this entire world and uh, that which is in it uh, for those hearts that he loves and he accepts. And the way we know that uh, a heart has that quality of love and acceptance from, uh, from above the sab'a samawat and above the arsh azim is that Allah Ta'ala gave a person la ilaha illallah. So whoever wants to give their sadaqah, let them give. Whoever wants to give through whatever organization, let them give, inshallah, as long as they trust them and that they uh, you know, are verified that they're actually zakat eligible. By the way, uh, people, anyone who's listening who does have somewhat of a fiqh background, uh, many uh, charity organizations do take administrative costs and it's questionable whether or not this is zakat eligible or not. But in particular with the orphan sponsorship pro- project, uh, whether it's Islamic Relief or many other um, many, many other uh, organizations, the uh, um, 
the the benefit is what is that the the guardians of these orphans actually go to Islamic Relief, sign up, and uh, they actually give tokil. They make uh, Islamic Relief uh, uh, give them the power of attorney uh, or, or something like that, for lack of a, a better term, uh, in order to accept the funds on their behalf and to spend it on uh, behalf of the orphan. Uh, and so, uh, as far as I can tell, that is a completely zakat eligible. Uh, uh, masraf uh, uh, and uh, whoever wishes to do that, let them do that. A person should do a little bit of due diligence to make sure that their zakat is being uh, um, is being spent in the right way and uh, on the right causes. It's very interesting. I think uh, this year it seems like there's a lot more hype about you know zakat certified and zakat eligible and verified and zakat workshop and this and that uh, than I've seen in the past and. Uh, that's a good thing, although I still see a lot of fudging in it as well. So be be a little bit diligent about where you give your zakat. It's a seed, uh, inshallah, if you plant it properly in this world, um, in, in the hereafter, it's a tree, the fruit of which you'll literally enjoy uh, forever and ever. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, except from, uh, except from all of us. A second thing I wanted to um, mention was that uh, it was either, uh, I believe it was last night, uh, uh, that I uh, uh, misread an ayah of the Quran uh, I said and the ayah is uh, and both expressions would translate more or less the same into English uh, both of them are different uh, uses of the ism uh, um, but uh, the text of the Quran is sacred and uh, we don't, you know, it's not okay to, to, to jumble it up. So may Allah Ta'ala forgive me. And as an amana, I wanted to inform uh, that that was the case. If you look in the, in the recording, there's also a note made in the comments. I believe it was Mawlana uh, Asim, uh, uh, Imam from, uh, from the UK, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken, who caught that mistake. May Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala reward him for catching it and bringing it to my attention. And uh, I'm humbled sometimes that uh, uh, people of learning uh, uh, will listen to uh, my, 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 my couple of words which are, you know, not worthy of it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept. Uh, so we continue with our, uh, with our uh, reading from Mawlana Sayyid Abul Hassan Ali and Nadwi's uh, Saviors of the Islamic Spirit uh, regarding the Shaykh al-Islam. Izzah bin Abdul Salam, Allah Ta'ala have mercy on him and raise his rank. Sultan al-Ulama, under the subheading of his righteousness. Izzuddin preached and acted on the Quranic dictates commanding to enjoin the right and forbid the wrong, no matter what dangers and hardships one might have to face for it. In one of his letters addressed to the Sultan al-Malik al-Ashraf, uh, he wrote, What we claim uh, is that we are partisans, friends, and helpers or rather the troops of Allah, and no one can lay a claim to be a combatant unless he is willing to expose himself to danger. Izzuddin's uh, view of knowledge and eloquence of a scholar constituted in his two weapons which should be fully utilized in the fight for righteousness. In his uh, other letter to the Sultan, he wrote, God has enjoined upon us to strive and fight for his religion. Just as you have your swords and lances for your arms, we have our knowledge and parlance, meaning our, our speech, 
So he's talking about the struggle in the way of Allah Ta'ala, which is different between a, a soldier and which is different between a, a person of knowledge. He said, just as you have your swords and lances for your arms, we have our knowledge and our, our parlance, meaning our speech. And as it does not befit you to sheathe your sword, similarly, we cannot hold our tongue against uh, the deviant innovators and dissenters, apostates and sinners. Izzuddin considered it imperative for the scholars to be ever willing to face dangers in the discharge of their sacred obligation to enjoin the right, cost what may. By the way, when he talks about sinners here, he's not just talking, he's not just, he's not at all, in fact, talking about uh, bad-mouthing people with personal failings. Uh, rather, here, the, the sinners that are being uh, referenced are المتجاهرين بالكبائر, those people who openly and shamelessly sin uh, and uh, uh, don't uh, reproach themselves and don't try to hide it, uh, rather uh, try to breach norms in society. This is not a, an enjoyment to, uh, to, to just uh, clown people for their shortcomings. Izzuddin considered it imperative for the scholars to be ever willing to face dangers in the discharge of their sacred obligation and enjoin the right course cost what may. Thus he vehemently disagreed with those religious scholars who did not consider it lawful to expose themselves to avoidable dangers. His commentary on the Quranic verse and be not cast by your own hand to ruin uh, I don't, I'm not a Hafiz, so don't quote me on that. Uh, amply bears out his point uh, of view uh, in this regard. And uh, this is a reference to the uh, Surah, Surah Al-Baqarah, uh, uh, verse uh, 195. Uh, and I have the Mus'haf in front of me, so if you just indulge me for just a second, maybe we can just look it up and make sure that it's being read correctly. Yeah, Allah says, And spend in the path of Allah Ta'ala, but do not cast your hands to, toward uh, uh, ruin. Uh, meaning, I mean, the first and most apparent meaning of it is that don't spend all your money to the point where you yourself become bankrupt. And do things in a beautiful way with ihsan. Uh, because indeed Allah Ta'ala loves the, the people who do things with beauty, the, the people who uh, do things uh, with uh, 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 ihsan. And I have, uh, I have right now the uh, Jalalain open in front of me. Uh, and it says, وَأَنْفِقُوا فِي سَبِيلِ Meaning his, uh, فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ يَعْنِي طَاعَتِهِ His obedience. الْجِهَادُ uh, وَغَيْرُهُ And فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ It definitely has a general meaning of all, all the different forms of... Uh, all the different forms of, uh, of obedience to Allah Ta'ala, but it has a special connection, uh, being the path of Allah has a special connection with um, the physical struggle in the path of Allah Ta'ala. So Suyuti actually mentions that. He said, meaning don't cast your hands, meaning don't cast your, your own selves, your own lives uh, toward tahluka يعني الهلاك. Uh, toward destructions, uh, b- b- toward uh, its destruction. بالإمساكي عن النفق نفقتي في في الجهادي وترك أو تركيه لأنه لأنه يقوي العدوي عليك العدوى عليكم. And and Suyuti himself, you know, just so you don't think that Isa bin Abdul Salam is making this up, Suyuti himself mentions here, or the Jalalain, I should say, Mahalli and Suyuti, um, that uh, that it not only 
even though it seems to talk about only about or primarily about spending money in the path of Allah, it also has is a reference to jihad. And the reason uh, uh, it says that don't uh, 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 cast your hands, any your souls into destruction. Um, Suyuti first or the Jalalain first say that destruction by uh, uh, holding back uh, from uh, from spending. Uh, uh, on uh, the struggle in the path of Allah Ta'ala uh, be it physical or be it in any other way but primarily physical and then secondarily in other ways or by uh, it's tark by leaving it why? because by leaving struggle against your enemies um, you empower them over you by leaving struggle against your enemies you empower them over you now most of us are not engaged in the armed struggle in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and most of us uh, are not really in a position to be doing so and if you're not in a position to be doing so um, then uh, and you try to do it anyway you just end up screwing things up and you end up ga- garnering sin but the struggle uh, uh, you know is more than just something that is martial it is intellectual it is in speech it's economic it's all sorts of different ways and this is really important that giving up the struggle, what does it do? It empowers your enemies against you. وَأَحْسِنُوا Have ihsan both in spending بِالنَّفَقْتِ وَغَيْرِهَا Both in spending in the path of Allah and in other things that you do. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Indeed Allah Ta'ala loves the people of ihsan. يُثِيبُهُمْ Meaning what? That he, he rewards them. And so, coming back to the uh, to the uh, text of the Mulan Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi, he said that uh, uh, thus he vehemently discre- disagreed with those scholars who did not consider it lawful to expose themselves to avoidable dangers. His commentary on the Quranic verse and be uh, uh, not cast by your own hands to ruin amply bears out his point of view in this regard. Quote: To risk one's life for the honor and dominance of the faith is permitted by the sharia rather it is enjoined on all able-bodied persons to wage war in the way of allah ta'ala and fight uh, uh, the people who are the enemies of faith those people are the enemies of faith and uh, so it is lawful to expose oneself to danger under the provisions of the sharia for enjoining the right and forbidding the wrong so here notice what he's talk what is he talking about not all dangers a person is going to go through have to do with actually picking up a weapon and fighting and like I said from before, a person can look in the books of fiqh, the, the, the laws of the armed uh, and martial conflict, that not everyone is, a, is in a position to do so, and a person is not in a position to do so who doesn't do so on behalf of a sovereign state uh, 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 with a sovereign polity, i.e. not ISIS, not Al-Qaeda, etc., um, but a functioning uh, country. And whoever does so in a vigilante way, it's just sin, it just causes chaos in the world. Uh, but just because you're not engaged in a martial struggle, that you're not armed, you're not a soldier, and you're not fighting on the battlefield, it doesn't mean that your duty to stand for uh, our deen uh, isn't going to put you in harm's way. Uh, rather, he's saying that uh, rather it is enjoined on all able-bodied persons, uh, 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 or sorry, not, not that he says to risk one's life and honor for the dominance of the faith is permitted by the sharia, rather it is enjoined on all able-bodied persons. Meaning what? Meaning if you say the haq, people may hate on you. If you say the haq, if you stand for what is right, you may lose your job. If you stand for what is right, you may lose your funding. If you stand for what is right, you may lose your position amongst a group of people. Uh, 
this is exactly what it is to expose yourself to danger. Uh, Ibn Abdul Salam uh, continues, So it is lawful to expose oneself to danger under the provisions of the Sharia for enjoining the right and forbidding the wrong. However, if anyone feels that he might lose his life in the venture, the command loses its obligatory character for him, but nevertheless remains a commendable act. Thus, they are definitely wrong, those who think that it is not lawful to risk one's life for that purpose. In short, if anybody gives preference to his self over God, he will give preference to others over him. Uh, And here, it's not in a praiseworthy sense. It means what? That if you prefer yourself over your, uh, for the pleasure of Allah, you will, in that act, give uh, power of your enemies. You'll empower your enemies over you. If anyone gives uh, preference to his or empowers uh, himself over God, I'm trying to interpret the or retranslate the words in a in a in a idiom that might be more easily understood. Uh, in short, if anyone empowers his self, his own nafs over Allah, uh, then he will empower others over him. If anyone seeks the pleasure of Allah at the cost of offending others, Allah will not only bless him but make others pleased with him. And if anyone, on the other hand, wants to gratify others by displeasing Allah, uh, he will, uh, other, uh, Allah will be displeased with him, and he will also cause others to be uh, disappointed with him. An Arab poet had rightly expressed the same idea in this uh, following verse, I won't care howsoever troublesome my life may be, if I were only to gain your love, may you be pleased with me, even if this annoys the entire world. End quote. Izzuddin lived up to this ideal and never hesitated to sacrifice his hearth or home, life or honor, uh, for what he believed to be correct and righteous uh, in the path enjoined by the Sharia. Allah Ta'ala accept. Uh, and now, you know, just as a clarification, uh, so that people don't get like so uh, super pumped up by this. Obviously, there are times when you can enjoin what is right and forbid what is wrong in a, in a way that creates more facade, that creates more mischief than it does good. If you tell a, a drunk person not to drink and, you know, you know it's going to cause him to like smash 20 cars and kill a person, then you're obliged to keep your tongue to yourself. Why? Because unless that person is you, uh, you're just adding the, the, the net amount of mischief in the earth more than uh, you're subtracting from it. And you're allowed to make a choice to uh, sacrifice from yourself, but you're not allowed to harm other people in the way. But the fact of the matter remains that there are many times when a person can say what is right and can say, stick up for what the deen teaches and uh, uh, command what is right and forbid what is evil in a way that will expose themselves to danger, but will make things clear for people. And when a person does that, let them not think that it has no effect on others. It gives others pause before acting shamelessly uh, in public or before proclaiming their shamelessness in public. And uh, unfortunately, sadly, this is one of the things that, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a plague in our society. It's a plague in our community, especially those of us who live as a minority here um, in North America or in other minority situations, uh, that we have a really large amount of our community that has a se- like really deep-seated weakness inside of them and deep-seated self-hate and self-loathing that they really don't want to do anything that will make them f- feel out of place or that they fear will uh, cause offense uh, uh, to people who uh, they really want to bend over backwards in order to win their in order to win their uh, their love and their respect. And the funny part is, I don't know about other parts of the world, but in America, uh, people don't respect that at all. Whoever is weak, whoever is spineless and bends over backwards in order to uh, please uh, people, uh, you know, Americans have very little respect for such people. 
Whereas a person who stands by their principles, a person who stands by their guns, um, uh, figuratively, uh, at least for most people, uh, that person actually wins people's respect, even if they disagree with them. And I've seen this again and again. Uh, I've seen this again and again with people who demand, you know, going to Jumu'ah uh, from their work or demand uh, that they, you know, just hold their ground when it comes to basic things that they, they believe in. Uh, when it comes to their own personal, uh, their own personal uh, practice of their deen, um, that people respect that a lot. I myself have gone to a number of interfaith dialogues, many of which, unfortunately, we don't have good representation. We have uh, people who are unlearned and uh, uncommitted to uh, Islam and to the Sharia representing Muslims. Uh, that are you know kind of thinking that as if as long as we go to these gatherings and uh, you know uh, try to uh, kneel uh, in front of other people enough that somehow they're going to love us uh, but my experience has been what is that if you show make a show of faith if you say the haq when everybody else is ready to capitulate because this society uh, christianity capitulated first and then on its heels judaism capitulated and uh, you know the majority of jews the synagogues they go to are completely capitulated they're not orthodoxy is considered the refuge of 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 of, of wackos in their community uh, the majority of them they say we don't take the torah as the literal word of god and the christians uh, you know they they bailed out of that like even before even before the Jews did, that if we as Muslims, uh, uh, you know, hold our ground, there are people who are Christians and there are people who are Jews that will respect that. And uh, more importantly than impressing Christians and Jews or Muslims for that matter, is that a person should, you know, think about, think about, is Allah pleased with this or not? That he sent a book and it's preserved in its every word and every letter. And he sent a Nabi, alayhi salatu wasalam, whose sunnah is preserved. Uh, and books are filled with the most minute detail of his sunnah alayhi salatu wasalam, and it's been preserved through miraculous means and on the heels of receiving all of that proof uh, if we show up in front of others and uh, you know say that uh, why doesn't Allah give, the, give us a God like they have a God like uh, uh, the, the people of Musa alayhi salam did when they worshipped the calf this is very unbefitting of a person to present such behavior in front of the Lord uh, and so people who are cognizant of that, people who are aware of that, uh, people who are from, in Allah, yuhibbul muhsinin. Allah Ta'ala loves the people of Ihsan. What is Ihsan? Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, To worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala as if you see Him. And if you don't see Him, to at least know that He sees you. Uh, this is uh, something that is um, the, the, the quality of the most celebrated and beloved of the mashaykh of this uh, spiritual path of this tariqh to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is what the shaykh is trying to talk about uh, not some sort of foolhardiness but uh, some uh, but a, a type of steadfastness in Allah's love which uh, uh, as a, a side effect you do it for the love of Allah but as a side effect it usually ends up also garnering you the respect of other people as well the writings of Izzuddin uh, he was an erudite scholar, broad-minded jurist, and a successful teacher. 
In penmanship, too, he was equally celebrated in calligraphy. Uh, his two most well-known works being Al-Qawaid Al-Kubra and uh, Kitab Al-Majaz fil Quran. Ibn Subki writes about these books. These books of Izzuddin mark him as an outstanding scholar of profound knowledge in the re- religious sciences. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, we had the honor of reading some part of the uh, Qawaid Al-Kubra. It really is a, a, a book of penetrating insight and a book of... Uh, almost a deceptive type of simplicity in how he takes, uh, um, you know, really principled concepts uh, in, in the law and the approach to the law and, uh, you know, shows uh, which thing belongs where and what principles govern uh, how to uh, view uh, situations that, that, that or, or, or scenarios that may be otherwise complex. A very Mubarak book, mashallah. Izzuddin later summarized both of the above-mentioned books. Ibn Subki also praises other two books uh, entitled Shajratul Ma'arif and Al-Dala'il Al-Mu'talika Bil Malaika Wal-Irth. I think this is maybe some sort of a, a error in the transliteration. I don't have the Arabic uh, text of the names here. In addition to these uh, writings, one more book of Izzuddin uh, by the name of Maqasid al-Salah was widely read during his own life. Thousands of its copies were made out by the people. Uh, Izzuddin also left a voluminous uh, collection of juristic opinions of fatwas uh, pronounced by him, uh, which uh, is regarded as a valuable uh, collection of the legal precepts according to the Shafi'i school of jurisprudence. Izzuddin was perhaps the next scholar after Ghazali in Islam who set forth to define and delineate the objectives of the religious observances and the benefits accruing from the performances enjoined by the Sharia. In the introduction to his famous treatise, Hujjatullah uh, al-Baligha, Shawilullah Muhaddith al-Dahlawi, the great authority on the subject, has acknowledged his debt to three earlier masters, uh, uh, al-Ghazali, Abu uh, Suleiman Khattabi, and Izzuddin. The death of Izzuddin. Izzuddin died in the 83rd year of his age on the 9th of uh, Jumad al uh, Awal uh, of 660 after Hijra. Uh, uh, al Malik al Zahir, uh, Babers, uh, the then king of Egypt, accompanied the funeral of the Sheikh along with the dignitaries and chiefs. The king was very aggrieved that the Sheikh's death was destined to occur during his reign. Witnessing the mammoth funeral procession passing by the side of the royal castle, the king said to one of his counselors, My kingdom would have been nowhere if this man decided to oppose me. Verily, he has won the hearts of the people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised his ranks and uh, raised the ranks of those who came before and after him in this tradition. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on uh, uh, those kings uh, that, uh, uh, that obeyed uh, uh, such people and that facilitated uh, their sultanate because indeed such people are the real sultans. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala break in half those uh, uh, rulers that betray uh, this, this uh, mandate and that would uh, betray the trust of Allah ta'ala in his creation. Malik al-Zahir Babers, Rukun al-Din, by the way, he uh, was the one who did most of the cleanup job after Salahuddin Ayyubi rahimahullah ta'ala reconquered uh, uh, Al-Quds al-Sharif Jerusalem from the Crusaders. Uh, it was Babers who went fortress to fortress dislodging uh, a majority of uh, uh, the, uh, uh, f- the Frankish usurper from the sacred lands. 
and uh, uh, if it wasn't for him, uh, they would have had a permanent uh, position there. Uh, uh, and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings somebody who will renew this work. Uh, but uh, he, he was a righteous man and he took the ghanima, the war treasure from uh, this noble task that he performed. And with it, he rebuilt the uh, masjid of the Prophet ﷺ. Indeed, uh, the dome that is currently above the sacred maqam of the Prophet ﷺ, uh, and the, uh, the, the colorful uh, uh, original part of the Masjid Nabawi al-Sharif was built by that uh, uh, mal of ghanima uh, that was uh, acquired through the uh, reconquest of the crusader fortifications. It's known in the Sharia that the atyab, the most pure and halal of money, is the money which is uh, taken from uh, ghanima in uh, just struggle. And uh, he rebuilt the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ in it, which is a unique type of tawfiq that people uh, come and visit that place and benefit from its spirituality. And they uh, bathe in its anwar. Uh, uh, day in and day out and shall do so until the day of judgment uh, these were great people and uh, it wasn't because everybody back then was great as you can see some of the kings were also drunkards and uh, were also uh, cheaters and were also uh, people who, who would rather fight against their own brothers and cousins uh, than defend the Muslim lands from uh, people like the Mongols and from the Crusaders they were great uh, because of Allah's tawfiq and because of choices that they made um, to quash their own nufus and to do with a little bit less dunya in order uh, that there can be order and in order that there can be benefit in order that the people of the Ummah Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam can live in peace and safety and prosper uh, and these are choices we all make as well Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of making the right choices and protect us from, from being those who, who, who make those wrong choices and bad choices choices that people should be ashamed of in this world and in the hereafter uh, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala give us tawfiq wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh